Here's what's coming up on this week's show. Building the website is like building the shop. Like having the shop there is really key, but it's having people visit it that really matters. The beat. Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there. Now, before we get going, if you're listening to us for the very first time, hi, we'd love you to press that little follow or subscribe button so you get all the future episodes direct into your phone device. And please let us know what you think of the podcast too. Send us your comments and your suggestions for future episodes and we'll share some contact details at the end. Oh, and leave us a review on whatever platform you're joining us on right now. That'll be fab too. Now we've got a really big episode today. In fact, one of those episodes that I kind of think, well, why have we not done this before? (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely one of those. Um, More and more we are relying on our digital marketing. So today we're going to be talking all about websites. Yeah, this is kind of like one of a suite of episodes, really, because we did one on Google and SEO last week with Carla. We've done one on email marketing. We've done one on blogging, Mm -hmm. on branding, on understanding your audience. And all those things come together to form websites. And that's what we're talking about today. We are. And we're going to be talking to Doug Dinwiddle from White Digital. That's a great name. I know. I really had to concentrate, though, saying that for some reason. It's a strong name. It's a brilliant name, isn't it? Um, so yeah. Doug creates um, yeah, websites for businesses of all different shapes and sizes to ultimately allow them to be as present as they possibly can be in this um, ever-growing digital world. So the nuts and bolts of web design. What do you need to know if you want to try doing it yourself? Why would you need to get someone else to do it for you? How much does it cost? What do you need to put in a website and all that stuff let's dip in with doug <laughs> yes, good. this is the big little business show do you need to have a website when you have a business the easy answer from a, we- a website the owner of a website development agency is always going to be yes obviously but even having said that especially with everything that's gone on in the last year people are always before they make a decision on anything especially if it's a business to business decision where there's generally very little emotion involved people still need to be have a chance to be able to build up trust and understand the business and have faith in the person or the business to be able to do or provide the thing that they say they're going to provide and a website really is the easiest place where you can get all of that information across all in one place you know you can do everything from like social proof to history and backstory to client testimonials to absolutely everything so it's still the easiest place to kind of get all those bits and pieces off then it also forms a focal point for a lot of other marketing marketing activity you know without the website there as a center point to help point traffic towards and then be able to manipulate that traffic or use that traffic and help that traffic find what it needs to find as easy as possible it's still the center point for the vast majority of online campaigns so it kind of really is the cornerstone to doing everything else online there's definitely a less credibility to a business when you're pointing someone towards say a facebook page or something like that it's like the backup to 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 their business rather than a bona fide website at their url with their address so that you know where they are and everything about them so it still adds that credibility to to any kind of business I'm going to take that as a yes, Claire. I'm going to take that as a yes as well. That's that's brilliant. Okay, um, and what about people maybe who are listening who are thinking about setting up a business? Do you think it's important that you have the website before you set up 
or can this be done maybe later on down the line? Uh, there's a lot of people now that, that feel like it has to be done straight away. You'd probably expect me to say and agree with them, but I actually probably don't. I think there's a... It, it, dep- it, dep- it depends largely on a, on, a, on a number of things, on what the business is and how you plan to push it and all that kind of stuff. But um, you're not, you're not going to throw a website up and it start generating new work immediately. So if you're trying to get started in business and you're trying to get those low-hanging fruit and get that boulder moving, as I always describe it, at that early stages of trying to get a business off the ground, it's probably not going to be biggest bang for buck thing that you can do to generate inquiries. But what it will do is add credibility to you when you are meeting people and talking to people about what it is you do or the services you provide or the products you provide or whatever it is. So if it doesn't necessarily need to be step one, and I'd probably argue it probably shouldn't be step one, but it should probably be in the first five or six steps of what you do when you're trying to get away. I had a really good explanation, actually, Doug, from someone who said that your website is kind of like your shop window. Yeah. You've then got to get people walking down your high street. And I guess that comes into the the whole Google and SEO thing that we were discussing on the podcast uh, last week. But, I mean, you, you, you've still got to have an attractive shop window at the, with all the right stuff in it to begin with, haven't you? A hundred percent. I mean, that's actually analogy that I use quite often, like building a website, like building a shop. But when you first build that shop or open that shop and you've got no one knows where that shop is and it's down some little back alley in a town centre or something like that and no one really, apart from the people that happen to cross it for whatever reason, they don't really know the shop or what it sells or anything like that. So it's very unlikely you're going to get anyone. But there's lots of ways of pointing people towards the shop and whether it be things like search engine optimization or PPC or social media or you're going out and meet, meeting someone in a physical event, well, or a non-physical virtual event as the case may be at the moment and you give them your website address and they go and visit your site that's also a way of getting someone to go and visit your shop so yeah like having the shop there is really key but it's having people visit it that really matters okay so let's break this down a little bit i guess the first important step when you're considering uh, about having a presence on the web is to have the right url or domain and that be so for those of you that's just i tell you what just explain what that means first for people who don't know what a url or a domain actually is so i mean are you are you url domain relatively interchangeable two terms it's basically that your dot code at uk so you're so you, you know you know www at whatever it might be dot code at uk dot com or whatever and that's url and that's essentially a signpost to where your website lives on a server somewhere. So actually that all that is is a little pointer, a little arrow to say that if you go here, you are going to go and find this particular shop window, this particular website. And I see a lot of people making mistakes when they're choosing a domain name. I mean, what things would you think are important to consider when doing that? Well, there's, there's the easy stuff. So if you're providing a service in a location, and you can go and get the domain name of that service in that location. So if you are uh, an accountant in London or something like that, an accountantslondon.co.uk is available. That can certainly help with rankings. Um, it can certainly help with turning up in search engine, things like that. There's also other things off the back of it. So my URL for my website is white.digital. And there's no .co.uk or .com or anything like that. It's just white.digital that looks really cool on a business card. But actually, from a, from a search engine optimization point of view, it's actually not the best. Oh, so would it be best to have a .co.uk or a .com then? So generally, .co.uk and .com are better. .co.uk generally in the UK 
adds somewhat credibility because you kind of give you a little bit more confidence, whether or not it's subliminal or whatever, that that is a UK-based business. But that will certainly, that is a, a far better suffix than your dot shop or your dot digital or your dot accountants or whatever these new suffixes that come out. The actual reason why those suffixes came out is because we ran out of domain names yeah. at .co.uk and at .com. And it's important to consider, I guess, that you don't just need one. You can have multiple URLs and domains, can't you? And just point them all to the same website. You can do that. It, you can do that. There's arguments about whether or not that's good quality way of marketing. Okay. Um, there, there is, there's, there's certain things around that. But yes, that is certainly things you can do. When it comes to ranking websites and things like that, there's a thing called domain authority, which is basically the authority that Google gives your domain. So if you have one domain and all the traffic is going to one website, that's going to help. So having that one place where everyone goes to one place, it's like having one shop rather than three. You've got one, lots of people going into one shop. That shop looks really busy. Uh, if you've got three shops, you've got th- the same amount of people going into three shops. And none of those three shops look quite as busy. Um, so choosing that domain right at the very start is, is can be quite an important thing. But ultimately, it's just down to whatever sounds right to you and fits your business. And if you can get your company name, .co.uk, or whatever that is, or your service in your, your location, .co.uk, they're really good things to look for. Okay. Um, in terms of uh, creating the website, which, you know, I, I'd make no secret that I'm not a very technically minded person. Is this something that at the beginning maybe you can do yourself or would you recommend that you call in an expert to create it from day one? There are tons of places out there you can go and drag and drop build websites right now. Um, and I would say it completely depends on the individual. But it's that age old thing, isn't it? It's that thing of like, is it more efficient for you to pay someone to do it for you? You know, it, what's more important to you, money or time, you know? And if you've got a lack of money, but you've got like a, a multitude of time, then, you know, maybe it's worth you going off and taking the effort to go and drag and drop build a website, if that's the kind of way. But if you've got more money and no time, then that would then lead you to kind of go and speak to someone who's an expert and making sure you get it right the first time. The, the thing with the drag and drop kind of stuff is when it comes to trying to market that website further down the line, your life will be more difficult. So if the website is going to be a cornerstone, if you're an e-commerce setup or it's going to be a real cornerstone to your marketing, it's definitely something you want to get done properly first time rather than having to go and reiterate it later down the line. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting to know. And I guess it is obviously a financial decision too, because if you're starting your business from scratch and perhaps you haven't got a lot of money in the pot or, or, and maybe you've got a little bit of knowledge as in, you know, maybe it's some desktop publishing experience or something. Yeah. Then maybe building it yourself in a simple form might be the best way forwards, but then perhaps down the line when you've got some finances to then look about, look at sort of uh, having it done professionally. So, uh, and I know this is a really broad question, Doug, and a really difficult one to answer. Yeah. But how much, and I know people are going to answer this question, how much would you expect to, to pay for a website? As long as a piece of string, to be honest yeah. with you, is the favourite answer that I give. So the, the, the way that I describe, try and describe this is if, if you gave someone, ask them to draw a picture of a house, for example, and you gave someone 10 seconds to draw that house, and then you gave the same person 10 minutes to draw the house. And then you gave the same person 10 days to draw the house. 
you could imagine that that picture of a house is going to be, if they're a decent artist, if it came from me, it would probably be just a terrible, no matter how long we gave me to, to do it, to be honest with you. But <laughs> if they were a decent artist, if you gave that person 10 days, that drawing of that house is going to be a damn sight better in 10 days than it would in 10 seconds. And that's a very similar thing with the website. So, you know, you could go and get a website done and there's plenty of places that you could probably go and have one built for as little as two, three, four, five hundred pounds. There's certainly people out there that can kind of go and just put you on a monthly thing and they'll go and build your website and you can go down on a hundred quid a month for in perpetuity and that's the cost of your site and they'll host it and everything after you and they'll go and build you a site and you can do it at the cheap end. Um, but if money's less of a problem for you, you know, then you can you can literally go almost the sky's the limit. You know, you, you have every page designed. You have some cool functionality, bespoke code written. Uh, you have a calculator on there so that people can, I don't know, get their windows. If you if you sell PVC windows, they can literally drag and drop what their window is going to look like, and it can aggregate a picture of what the window is going to look like, so you know what you're buying. You can go to the nth degree with all of these things, uh, and the thing can cost six figures if you'd like it to. You know, yeah. So it literally is a length of a piece of string. But when you're getting, you know, if, you to, if you're talking about start, starting a business up, if, if money's a problem, you can literally, there are people out there that you can go and go on monthly packages uh, and it'll cost you next to nothing as an upfront cost, really. On the cost thing as well, I know, especially in the Northeast, which is where our agency is based and where a large portion of our clients are, there is a lot of grant funding that you can access for for websites and for set, setting up digital footprints at the moment. So, oh, that's a really good bit of advice, yeah. Doug. Yeah, I hadn't, hadn't even thought yeah. of that. And I guess no matter where people are listening uh, to this, because we have audiences not just in the UK, but in the US and Canada and other, yeah. other territories as well, I, I guess that's worth investigating, isn't it? Yeah, hugely. And normally nothing short of a, a quick Google search in your area and you'll probably come up with most of the stuff or um, go and speak to like local business advisors or whatever and they'll generally even most of your local agencies if it's an agency worth its salt when you're speaking to them at a website you know they should they will be telling you that there is grant funding out there available for it i know in the northeast there's up to 55 percent that you can get off the cost of a website in the northeast uh, and there's other grant funding things out there that you can actually go and get like literally draw down 75 percent of some projects as well so there's lots of stuff out there that you can do Wow. So um, say you're looking at uh, starting a website yourself um, at the beginning. Um, are there any better places that you should go to create one um, in terms of templates and, and guidance and maybe to educate yourself how to set it up in the right way? Yeah, well, I mean, so drag and drop stuff, doing it yourself, you mean, sort of thing, Claire? Yeah. Yeah. So there's obviously there's places like Wix that are like very well known. You know, you can kind of piece sites together and you, it'll tell you where to type content in and where to drop an image in. It's easy, things like that. When you're going to do something a little bit more uh, technical or want to do something a little bit different, WordPress is it still really easy. Um, the beautiful thing about WordPress, and this moment you start talking to anybody about websites, you're going to start hearing things like Wix and WordPress all the time. The beautiful thing about WordPress is like, we build the majority of our brochure sites in WordPress. I would probably say that 60 to 70% of all the agencies around build that build most of their brochure sites in wordpress gives you a good starter it's time saving which means it's cost saving and um, they're easy to use 
the good thing about using something like WordPress is if you ever want to move provider or you want to change the people you're dealing with or anything like that, it's generally a very easy thing to move and most people can support most WordPress websites. So you've, if you do something like WordPress, you can use whoever you want to support you on it as well. I guess it's a good stepping stone as well, Doug, isn't it? Let's just say you don't have the money to pay someone else to make the website for you initially and you want to just get the bare bones up yourself. Then I guess at some point you could then turn that over to an agency and say, look, I've done this. Can you build on it or uh, adapt it or you know work from what I've started? Yeah, absolutely. And that's probably where a WordPress thing, you know, you know, kind of comes in and WordPress is super easy. If you have nothing, you literally don't need to know how to write a line of code. You can just go and drop plugins in and build, build a website out. You know, I've know people that are not technically minded really, you know, never written a line of code in their life and they've managed to produce a, a perfectly decent website. If the only thing that they really need is, is some kind of digital footprint, like some kind of place online. Ah, yeah. Um, so let's, let's deal with what we want to put in a website then, regardless of whether it's something that people are self-making or whether they uh, want to get some help making their first site or making or or even just changing their existing one for that matter. Yeah. Uh, what ingredients are really important? And, and one that comes up for me many, many times, and we've heard it mentioned on the podcast before, is the, to make sure that your website is optimized for lots of different platforms. That's really important, isn't it? Yeah, that yes, that's absolutely true. Now, you know, like different numbers get banded around and like what's that old thing, like 90% of the stats are made up or whatever. But, there's, you know, the kind of average number now that people are looking at is around 60, 65% of all traffic happens on mobile devices. Uh, and the vast majority of that on mobile phones. Wow, that's a lot more than I thought, actually. Uh, and I think it's I think it's fifty five percent of all e commerce sales are now made on a phone as well. So that's also quite interesting. That there's a difference between the amount of searches. Maybe I'm just an old man, but I find it really hard to buy things from my phone. I th I need to go on and sit in front of a computer to do it. Is that an old man thing? Don't say yes, Claire. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it must be. I think I think you must be part of that ten percent difference between the amount of traffic on mobiles and the amount of purchases on mobiles you're in that 10 percent you know oh, yeah, i feel great now that's it i'm editing that bit out <laughs> <laughs> i always use my phone paul i always use my phone to order things i rarely use the computer yeah you're really not making me feel any better and and well i you're older than me so there we go that fits yeah right okay move on just ask another question claire go <laughs> So if we're talking about ingredients to put on a website, I mean, obviously it needs to make sense and look great whether you're looking at it on your mobile, on a tablet or uh, on a desktop computer for us old folk. Um, so let's uh, let's think about what other things uh, make a great website. Now, this is something we touched on last week when we were talking to Clara about uh, SEO. There are lots of things that Google likes you to have on a website, like a blog and maybe video on the homepage to keep people on your page longer. So what other elements can we add in Doug I mean I, I, always, I always say start with the end in mind with stuff like this what is the reason you've got this website there is it to try and drive people to make a phone call and pick up the phone and ring you um, do you want people to buy something off the site do you want people to make an inquiry do you want people to fill out a contact form so there's kind of like what sort of business are you running how do you want people to get in touch because that kind of then leads to like what sort of call to actions you're going to have and what the user journey is going to be across the whole site if it's hypothetically, if it's phone numbers, well, let's make sure that you've got your phone number 
big clickable on mobile devices it's in the header so it's on every page and at any given time someone can get in touch with you how you how you really want to if it's a contact form if it's an email make sure that they can get through that really quickly so always making sure that you've got a good call to action on the screen at any stage when anyone's ever on your website so if it's a sticky thing on the side or if it's in a sticky header or whatever it's always there so people can always do that oh that's a good point yeah so maybe you have your contact details sort of right up the very front and so therefore it's always it's always visible yeah and likewise if you don't want people to ring you because you're not that type of business or you don't really like chatting to people too much well then don't don't stick your number in the header you know make it so that somebody else can get in touch with you how, how you want them to get in touch with you sure so that would that would be the starting with the end thing in mind for me and then the other thing is it's you know it's just thinking logically about how people someone's going to make a decision on what you do so so there's two general ways that people will visit your site uh, and especially in the early days the first the first way that someone will visit your site is they'll know who you are and they'll know what you do and they'll come to visit your site because they know what they wanted and they know that you do what they wanted. So they're going to come to your site to see you. The SEO part of it that you spoke about the other, you know, the other week on the show, really that's people that know what they want, but don't know who, who delivers it. Sure. So they're searching for a service in a location or they're searching for a product or they're searching for something. They're not, they don't actually know who delivers it, but they know that they want that service. So, you know, there's two different main ways that someone's going to visit your site. So if someone's in the early days, especially, you know, when you're getting going, most people, it's going to be, they're going to met you at a networking event or they're going to met you in an event or they're going to have been introduced to you by one of your clients or whatever that is. So they're going to know what you do already. Then it's a case of, okay, so when they land on the site, can you kind of really explain to them in a really short, brief way, exactly what you do in an engaging way, exactly what you do? Once they've realized that, okay, that's yeah, that's what I'm looking for is what these people do. Can you give some kind of social proof? Like, have you got some testimonials? Have you got some reviews? Can you link link away to testimonial site, review sites to give some social proof to help make decisions? And then it's a case of, you know, can you answer questions and provide some value to help that person so that they can trust you and know that you're willing to do the job? And this is one of the reasons why going to a professional designer would help over doing it yourself is it's the little bits that um, inspire confidence in your ability to do what you do well. You know, if you were to turn up to a restaurant and the paper, the wallpaper's falling off the wall and there's a bit of a leak down the wall and the carpet's a bit dirty and, and it doesn't really feel great when you walk in, when you're not really going to trust that the food that comes out of the kitchen's great. Yeah. And it's a very similar sort of thing with your website. If you turn up to someone's website and there's a few spelling mistakes, it's grammatically incorrect, an image doesn't load, the website takes ages to load, there's loads of funny URLs and it doesn't really sit properly and someone's going to be sitting there and going, well, if this is the way that they you know, are happy to manage their website, then how good is their service? So it's kind of everything all kind of bundled into one to go, I trust this company well enough to get in touch or make a, a payment through the site. And I guess as well, by having an expert yeah. in place, you're leaning on their experience and therefore they're advising you about which elements should go where. And I know you've got a question about that, Claire, haven't you? Yeah, so when you first go onto a website, I mean, I, I, I agree with what you're saying and I find it incredibly irritating when you can't, you click on something and it doesn't do what yeah. you expect it to do. But uh, when you first go onto a website, onto the homepage, so the first, obviously the first page that people are going to be looking at, do you think there are any specific um, elements that are really important to include on that page? I mean, you know, there's the old term that's above the fold, which is an old printing term, which is, you know, the, 
the land on the website, especially when you're on a de- desktop and it's everything that you see the moment you land on there without scrolling. And websites nowadays, really, if you look at a good website, all it does is it's a really good way of displaying some great images. So the, the web is so heavily image-led. Um, so if you're lucky enough to work in a or provide a product that's like aesthetically pleasing, you know, like, I don't know, you make candles or a florist or something like that, and you, you're lucky enough to be able to have great images on the site, that will inspire and provide trust faster and get a message across faster than any words will. A great video that's engaging, like like the other week when you're chatting to SEO, like helps with dwell time, helps with people staying on the site and engaging with what you do. A, a pitfall that people fall into, especially when they're trying to rank websites for SEO, is be super content heavy. You know, they're trying to get loads of keywords in there. Um, they're trying to, you know, have tons of content on there to try and help to rank for all these things. But like number one thing has to be user experience. Like it has to read well. It has to come across great. And if when you're reading your website, your content on your website and you actually find yourself giggling halfway through because it's written so badly, it's things like that that's going to really hurt you. So it's just good quality content, good quality image, good quality video as quick as possible and getting across your ethos and what you do as quick as possible. Sure. So thinking about the, going back to the creativity side um, of a website, I've had many conversations with people about, you know, branding and we've, we've had an episode on this before about the importance of branding in business. What's your thoughts on colour and the use of colour on websites? Are there maybe any particular colours to avoid or messages that can be given by using a certain colour? Colour thing is an interesting one because green's our company colour. Uh, and green is is supposed to be uh, trust is one of the things that green is supposed to embody. But it also is a color of envy. It's relatively subjective the color thing. On the on the website design thing, if you want to try and do something a little bit different, it's kind of going down that that uh, ex, experiential sort of route with the whole thing. Like if you want to go to an nth degree of a website and make something that's great. Like if you were to turn up to a Michelin star restaurant instead of turning up to, I don't know, like a, a, a takeout kebab place or whatever, you know, it's not just the quality of the food that makes a Michelin star restaurant like that other level. It's the quality of the service. It's it's like the little bits. It's the tiny decorations. It's all the tiny little things that just make that experience that just one step better. And there is a way of pulling that into a digital space, whether it's using the content or the layout or the whatever it is around the site or the what the imagery or whatever that is you can pull a lot of stuff in to really make the experience of the website that little bit more engaging i guess as well ultimately you want there to be some sort of a marrying of your real world business and your virtual business so if you've got a shop front and you've got certain colors within your shop and you're decorating your shop or your restaurant in a certain set of colors then you want to replicate that on your website right yeah i mean there's a brand consistency thing there but a hundred percent you know if you if you're if you've got a really funky cool shop and you're selling something really out there or whatever that thing is like that you can pull that across into a digital world. You know, you can give someone that same experience of what it would feel like to come in. If you're walking down a high street and you're walking past a restaurant and you recognize that restaurant, you think, oh, that looks like a nice restaurant. I'll go check them out online and you Google them and find their their website. Uh, if immediately the whole thing replicates what you've just walked past on the high street, where it be, yeah, it might be not necessarily just the business name, but the colours, the feel, the the character of the whole thing, straight away, you know you've landed on the right place without actually having to search out for the name of the thing. 
and and you get a taste of what it might be like to go there at the same time and you can kind of get you know an initial kind of thing feeling about whether or not you're going to feel great sitting in there and having your dinner um going back to the content then that you would put onto uh, your website and we talked about this before um with you know creating blogs and how to create an effective blog but then the next question is where do you put the blog um, where would you suggest, you know, to, where would you start with, um, you know, creating a blog and then putting it, you know, ultimately in the right place on your website so it's going to get, you know, the most views possible and your message is going to be heard? Really, the content's really only as good as the amount of people that are reading it. So creating a blog for a blog's sake and sticking it on your site and writing a blog every fortnight, every week, every month, whatever kind of, you know, frequency you're going to do, it's all well and good. But really, that content should have a purpose. And that content's purpose should be to attract people to your site. So instead of it being positioned on your site so that when someone visits your site, they can then navigate to your blog and read your blog, I would see that the other way around. And I would say that that piece of content is written to provide some value to someone that is going to find that blog, read it, and then find your site from that blog. Uh, And then really that whole argument then nestles on how are you marketing your content? Like it's not just a case of I'm going to write a blog and stick it in the corner of my website and expect people to come to my site just to read my blog. You know, it's like, are you pushing it out of the social channels? Are you getting it across over other media channels? Are you guest writing for other, whether they be blogs or online papers or online magazines or physical magazines? Or, you know, how are you actually marketing your content first? for people then find your site rather than people find your site and then finding your content really useful information and some some fantastic bits of advice especially for people who might be a little bit new to the whole website world which is kind of where we wanted to go with this really um because it's such a confusing subject to talk about this is why we sort of break it up into sort of different episodes and handle different elements uh, of it so we've come up with a lot of things that you should have on a website is there anything you shouldn't have the opposite of everything we've just said i mean I think the, I think the, good I think, answer. Yeah, it's not always just the things that you have on your site, like the quality of the images, or it's the quality of the video, or the quality of the content. It could also be the way the site's put together. It could also be the whether or not it's got what's called an SSL certificate or secure site license, which is the little padlock that you see in the top in your browser, which basically says that the contact form is secure and that it's safe to use your site and no one can pinch your data and all this kind of stuff, which is huge for for SEO these days and huge for Google now, you know. So having things like that just helps add credibility to your website, you know, spelling mistakes, grammatical errors, broken links, broken images. It just subconsciously or consciously gives an impression across that you're not really too bothered about the little bits, the bits that really matter. So don't over, especially if you're going to go and build it yourself. Keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate it lean on great images lean on great content and don't try and do anything too funky because if you try and do something funky and it goes wrong um it ends up damaging you rather than helping you 
Mm. I love that word funky. I haven't heard that for ages. That's a great word. I love that word. I don't think I've used funky in a long time, to be honest with you. Either, so I don't know where that well, came from. I think, yeah, I think we should bring it back. <laughs> and I think you're the man to start it, Doug. So in terms of um, what we should be looking at achieving when we have a website, um, I, you know, we always say that whatever you put in place in your business, you know, you need to measure its effectiveness and know why you're doing it in the first place. Um, what would you say would be the top three key expectations that you should look to achieve? from your own website google analytics is free a lot of sites come with like more basic analytics that you can kind of read anyway but track your analytics traffic levels would be one of the top things you know how many pieces of traffic are you getting to your site what's your bounce rate like how many people bounce straight back off your site after landing there if you're if you're just going to go and get a site and stick a site live don't expect it to change your world immediately but if you're going to go and get a website and then you're going to go and push it and you're going to go and market. Much like we were saying about the content thing earlier, like it's all very good writing some content, but if you're not actually going to do anything with it, don't expect it to do anything for you. It's very similar with a website. If you're just going to chuck a website up and it's not just going to go out and do all the work for you, but tracking those numbers and tracking the analytics of it and understanding that is the perfect starting place. Because if you can get an idea about where your traffic levels are, you can then start looking at, you know, where that traffic's coming from, whether it's coming from social, whether it's coming from direct, uh, whether it's coming from an organic search, so on and so forth. And you can kind of then understand, right, okay, so if I, have to, I don't know, went and did some paid social advertising on Facebook or if I went and did an email blast out to my um, email list and see how many people clicked a link in an email and kind of came through at my site from there. And you can track all those numbers and you can start playing games. You can start having a go at this thing and then track against that and you can set up what you would consider a successful result for that particular campaign. You can understand that thing. But until you start counting at the start, it's very difficult to be able to understand where you're getting to with anything in the future. So maybe it's worth pointing out at this point that this is maybe part of a suite of episodes you might want to check out. We've got this one. We've got one on SEO and Google, which we did last week. Uh, One on email marketing, which is something we haven't touched on before um there's ones on branding and on uh, discovering your audience and on video marketing all these things kind of compile together uh, to help you build a website Uh, and they might answer some of the questions you've got on building a website perhaps so talking about questions um at the end of each episode we like oh that was smooth i know i don't know where that came from what a great segue by the way well played yeah we're like we're like (laughs) professionals have we done this before (laughs) brilliant Uh, we like to ask a set of questions that are completely unrelated to anything to do with business or the topic we've been talking about so um these have been inspired by inside the actors studio uh, a show that sadly i believe is no longer running is it paul no it's not it's a great show you really go and go and google it go and check it out it's uh google it <laughs> that's appropriate uh, there are some there are some videos on youtube uh from the show but yeah really really good show. Uh, so are you ready for your questions I, I am. don't sound so sure i feel like i'm on mastermind now or something i feel like we've moved on to a different show well, the, did you know did you notice the hesitation there is like, i i i am yeah there's a stammer there <laughs> <laughs> okay uh what's your favorite smell i debated over this because and I, i'm just gonna say it's a glass of red but i wonder what that really says about me to be honest with you but a, a really good glass of red freshly poured well you're speaking claire's language she's already in your camp I, i'm with you on that one totally there you go. yeah 
brilliant. Uh, and it's got to be on a summer's day, isn't it? I don't feel restricted by seasons, to be honest, for that. Mine's pretty much mine, around the clock. Mine tastes smell, sorry, smell just about as good in the middle of winter as they do in the middle of summer, to be honest with you, but yeah. Yeah, good point, <laughs> good point. So favourite biscuit then, Doug? Well, I mean, there's an obvious choice here, and if anybody says any otherwise, other than a chocolate hobnob, I think they're officially wrong. Uh, dark on milk, though. Oh, it's got to be dark, hasn't it? Oh, really? Okay, I wouldn't have. Th- I would have yeah. thought you'd have gone milk as the sort of the mm. classic chocolate hobnob combination. Uh, I, th- I feel like the dark is a better dunker. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I'm so hungry. <laughs> Stop talking about biscuits. <laughs> Just a, a glass of red wine and a dark chocolate hobnob coming straight up. You know? <laughs> just about to say that. Yeah, but you're not dunking the hobnob in the wine. Let's just get that clear. <laughs> well, actually, I've never tried that, but I might give it a go. As, we, as we're, we're reinventing the word funky, we might be dunking our biscuits in wine now. There might be a thing. So if heaven exists, what would you like God to say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Yeah, it's an interesting one, this one. But I actually just ended up settling for a tap on the back and a, and a good job, mate. You'd probably do me, you know. I think you've had a fair stab at it and good job and in you come and have a relax. Come in and chill. I like that. That's a good way to wrap up. Thanks ever so much, Doug. We've learned quite a lot. There were even a few things. I mean, I thought I knew my way around websites, but there were a few things there which kind of uh, I wrote down and made notes of. And a really good place to start if you're thinking about starting a website for the first time, maybe having a go at it yourself or not sure whether to have a go at it yourself or maybe get an expert in to do it. Um, So you've answered quite a few questions there, which I know are on a lot of people's lips. And don't forget, you can go and get some other episodes which are similar to this and follow a different follow a similar theme uh, and we'll give you the links again at the end in case you missed it a little while ago so um, before we go any further if people do feel like they need some professional help or even just want to pick your brains um, where can they come and find you uh, yeah well white.digital is our website no.co.uk just white.digital uh, our numbers at the top there because we want people to give us a call so we can have a conversation uh, and if it is literally just picking brains and you want to fire some questions at us, honestly, feel more than free. The guys here are more than happy to help and we'll point you in the right direction of wherever's best for you to go. This is the Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. Okay, so websites, you know, that's just proven to me what a powerful tool they are to promote what it is that we do um, and to make sure that we're utilising them effectively. If we're going to be investing time on putting content and information out there, um, yeah, making sure that we're doing it in the right way. So I've learned an awful lot. Don't know if you have. Isn't it one of those subjects that on the face of it might be a little bit intimidating and scary and you just would not know where to start if you don't know anything about web design uh, but, and, and I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is because they, they think it's a lot easier to put together than it actually is and, and this is a really good example of where perhaps getting an expert in to do it for you is going to be far more cost effective in the long run than just trying to fiddle around with do it yourself yeah because I mean I've, I found the whole thing very confusing well doesn't take much <laughs> <laughs> if you're wrong when you first start doing your website it's actually going to create you more work in the long run so the best job you can do at the beginning and from the offset is that's what's going to make a huge difference. Yeah, of course, I suppose you could do it in tandem with a designer or a professional too. So get them to put the whole thing together and hand it over to you so you can manage it, maybe with their help or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's sort of those sort of uh, in-between sort of type options as well, I guess. But um, yeah, it's important. It establishes the fact that you really do need a website and uh, it really needs to be a good one too because it's kind of your digital shop front. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one tool in that great big toolbox we have as business 
business owners and uh, I've learned a huge amount so I hope you guys have too and while we're on that subject let's talk websites now by recommending you go and check one out at the end of every episode we like to big up a company who's been listening to the podcast or has bumped into us on social media so who are we um, who are we shouting about this week so I'd like to give a shout out to Sam from Somerset um, and Sam is the owner of a company called Rock Terrace Oh, we love Rock Terrace. Where do we find them? So Rock Terrace, uh, their website is rockterrace.co.uk. And what they do is they upcycle um, furniture and they use drums, the the skin of drums, the drum itself. So drums that are no longer used, they then create this most extraordinary furniture. So you can have everything on there from tables to chairs to vases to wine racks and they look absolutely awesome. Yeah, and they're all made out of old drum kits. And what's great, and this is what I love about Rock Terrace, and this is a really good example of um, incredibly good customer service that I'm going to share with you right now. So I have a couple of uh, Sam's pieces in my house. Uh, Our coffee table is an old drum and we also have a side table which is made out of an old drum and he's custom made these for me according to my specifications. So I told him what colours I wanted, what fabric, he chose a fabric for me, I told him what colours I wanted, he sent swatches and uh, it really is not as expensive as you might think it is either. But this is taking it to the next level, right? So I've probably had my coffee table made from a drum from Sam for probably about two, three years. And some of the, uh, the, the, the clips and the furniture, the, the, bits, the bits and pieces that attach the drum head to the drum surround are kind of broken off because it's an old drum to start with, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought, I need to repair this and make this good again. So I emailed Sam and I said, do you know where I can get these bits oh. from? It's not something you'd kind of just have lying around. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't even know what to mm. Google for. Uh, so I said to him, where do I get all these bits from? So he said, I'll tell you what, put them all in a jiffy bag, send them to me and I'll send you some replacements gosh wow that's customer service so i sent him these broken bits he sent me more bits back than i needed and all the bits and the screws and stuff to go with them and paid for the postage and packing didn't cost me a bean and you've remembered that and that goes a long way absolutely and it's probably cost him three or four pounds yeah but as a result of that Uh, Here we are shouting about him. And I'm not going to look at that website again because there's some magical stuff on there. I know, it's really lovely, isn't it? uh, But, I mean, it's a nice nice piece to have in your living room or uh, wherever you are. And straight away, it's a talking point. Oh, I love... And people often talk about it and say, well, where did you get that done? Guess which one's my favourite. Is it the worm rag? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. Yeah, so go check them out, rockterrace.co.uk. If you, even if you're not in the market for a bit of drum furniture, I, you, you probably will be by the time you've seen this. It's going to make you want to buy something. Uh, anyway, we're pretty much all done here. Thank you very much to Doug for uh, helping us out with websites today and teaching us an awful lot. If you go to our website, biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk, there's a page all about this episode and some links to some further listening, other episodes which kind of dovetail into this episode all about websites so you can learn about SEO about blogging and about email marketing and all those things that go to make a website great. So don't forget to subscribe and follow and let us know what you think about the episode. We'd love to hear your feedback. And until next week, say goodbye, Claire. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show.